Welcome to the Starting Strength Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Ripito. We're here with uh, Bo Bryant and Eric Sugars, and we're going to continue the conversation we, we started last time about uh, exactly how Westminster Strength and Conditioning in Carroll County, Maryland, has done such a fabulous job of promoting the concept of strength training throughout a population that still regards jogging as exercise. Welcome back, guys. You've got uh, a, quite an, intern, an internship program there at, at uh, WSC, and you've got uh, uh, kind of a feeder system developed over the past several years that has generated lots and lots of people through your door. And I think part of that is, uh, is due to the fact that you go outside your doors and and shake the trees what how do you guys do this uh so i think uh probably the 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 biggest thing we have is uh when we opened up in 2010 i didn't have i had just moved up here so i didn't have a personal training client i didn't know anybody in this town so uh i had just i was fresh out of the starting strength uh seminar which i passed that was the first 2010 class i think that that uh, got our starting strength certs and uh, became coaches. How did you decide so, on Westminster? Uh, that's it was the most country uh, place in Maryland where I could still shoot guns. <laughs> it was <laughs> Western Maryland. I didn't want to be anywhere near the city, and I had a job up in the uh, Baltimore area, and I wasn't going to live that way. So I moved out towards the mountains, but. Uh, so I had that, I came fresh out of that cert and I opened up uh, a garage door with 1800 square feet with no clients. I didn't know anybody. And we had, uh, actually three or four people walk in that day. And I started right from day one with a uh, starting strike model. I mean, the first person that walked in, we taught them how to squat and I'm pretty convinced if you, uh, pass and become a starting strength coach and you apply it. Uh, the first person that you coach is going to be, uh, has never been coached like that before. Uh, whether they were at another CrossFit gym or uh, had another trainer, uh, they realize right away that what you're doing is much different than everything else they've ever experienced. Uh, and then they come back for a couple sessions and they got stronger and they tell everybody. So they will, they will uh, not stop talking about getting stronger for everybody around them and and so we started with those one or two people and uh from there it blew up uh i think 1800 square feet we outgrew that in about a year but we stayed another year and then moved into 6000 so so that's kind of how it was and and how our outreach works is i talk to everybody about it uh everybody that walks in my door i've never really had anybody walk in our door just to see what was going on and missed an opportunity to uh to convince them that strength training is what they need to do. So I think that first conversation we have with anybody, I think I can talk, I can talk anybody into strength training. I've, we, I, one of our best female lifters right now is a marathon runner and she came <laughs> in just to get a little stronger at marathon running. And I think that was maybe a few weeks to a month after her last marathon. And she's never ran one again. She never even got back on the road. She's now squats in the mid three hundreds at 158 pounds body weight. <laughs> Wow. So I think it's, you know, we have a pretty big passion in what we do. We, one, Eric and I both uh, have been through the process. So I think that's huge. 
and and you know with your pro your methods for selecting coaches that's one of the things that we look at i mean has this person been through the linear progress have they under process have they understood done the program and uh, i think once that's happened and you demonstrate your ability to coach, I don't see how you can't uh, convince anybody to strength train. Well, you know, this is a, a, a probably uh, people coming to the seminar don't really appreciate how important a part of the preparation to, to, to pass uh, the exam for the starting strength coach credential. They don't understand how, how critically important it is that you have gone through the process yourself. Uh, one of the most uh, accurate predictors of failing the exam, even if you can, can manage to coach the lifts on the platform. One of the most accurate predictors of failing the, the actual written exam is not having gone through the process of the novice period of adaptation yourself. Because I, I really don't think most people appreciate how critically important it is that your own experience with this process teaches you how to teach it. And uh, both you guys are, are testaments to that fact. And uh, That's, That was the first thing Bo had me do. So I started my internship in May that year. Come February, March, he's like, you're going to start now so that by the time you're coaching, you will already have gone through it. Yeah, so all the, the so after we started blowing up, I realized I needed coaches. Right? And uh, at the time, there wasn't really a developmental, you know, how was I going to find another starting strength coach? So kind of by accident, I'm not a very good business person. So kind of by accident, uh, you know, Eric asked me to be an intern. <laughs> and I'm like, well, here's a perfect opportunity to hopefully, uh, you know, teach this kid how to coach these lifts to help me out. So uh, that was, like I said, by accident. I just uh, knew that he had to do it. He had to do the program because uh, kind of I understood that process. So we put him on a linear progression, and uh, he got big and strong. And I don't know how much size you gained, but forty pounds in two and a half, three months. So normal, normal linear normal, progression. Normal stuff. Normal but, linear uh, progression that always everywhere else in the world will result in your being accused of using steroids right <laughs> you know people actually asked me that in school too so back to oh, the, the, the exercise physiology i showed up one summer right at the end of the summer 40 pounds heavier and that was nobody knew what had happened yeah well that's so, because they just they they just your exercise physiology people just don't know yeah isn't that fascinating it's amazing. So we so we put him through that. He go he went through his linear progression, and then uh, he just kind of started shadowing, right? Just hanging out with us and watching us coach. And then when I felt comfortable, uh, you know, we're busy as hell. So I don't know if people know, but at 5 a.m. in the morning on a Monday, you can walk through our gym and have I don't even know how many squat racks we have. Probably sixteen or eighteen. Sixteen, eighteen squat racks 16. just in the back. God. And yeah. you can have, uh, they'll, they'll all be full and they'll have, you know, some two to three people on some of them squatting all together. So when I get a new person that walks in, I still, I mean, I'm coaching everybody. So we walk every, we coach the entire time. So we're walking the gym, coaching everybody. And I get a new person. It's hard for me to, you know, to sit down and spend an hour when I got, you know, 40 other people squatting. So, 
when I felt comfortable and a new person walked in, I just handed him over and I said, hey, teach him how to squat. And I just kept an eye on it and, uh, you know, helped him out. And if he ran into trouble with, uh, you know, you get somebody that just motor morons, they're not moving well. Uh, I would help him out and he just started learning the process, started coaching people, more and more people. And uh, I don't know how long he did that before the cert. Nine months, ten months. Yeah, so about nine about months. About a year, maybe. Maybe a yeah. year. And then he went to the cert and passed uh, with flying colors. And so that kind of was an eye opener to me. I'm like, well, that's how we get a coach. So let's do that again. And uh, I think because of his program, that he, I kind of got put on a list uh, at the advisor level at the college. So when they now have a bunch of kids that need internships, my name is one of them on the list. And they just give the list to kids and they call. So kids call, I bring them in, I interview them, and if I think that they would work just by talking to them, we bring them in and we start the whole process over again. And I think the last seminar you came to, we sent three and two passed. So uh, I think that's pretty good numbers. I don't know what you're passing at seminars now, but I know it's a lot less numbers than that. Well, our pass rate is uh, when, when people come to a seminar and uh, – of the people that attend a seminar, of 25 people at any given seminar, uh, you know, we've tightened up our, our uh, process for signing up for coaching evaluation. So we might have five or six sign up to be evaluated as coaches. Of those five or six, maybe three will pass. And then of those three that passed, probably two will write an exam. Uh that is of sufficient quality to get them through the process. Now there are uh, uh, there are exceptions to that. Now we've got uh, we were out in Los Angeles in January, and that was a very good group. And we had uh, I think we had six people uh, yep. go through that process in uh, in Los Angeles, and four of them uh, went through the progress, uh, process successfully and became coaches. So that's kind of a a high watermark, but, but. I, th I think if you looked at that, you may see uh, of those six who were hanging out with starting strength coaches before they got there. Right. Right. Who yeah. were kind of oh, already the, learned in the process before they got there. Yeah. What we're seeing well, right well, now, nobody walks in off the street without having had any previous exposure to this stuff, with some some guidance from starting strength coaches or whatever they're whatever they're preparing. Nobody just walks in off the street and passes this. We specifically exclude uh, that type of a lack of experience. We've fixed the process up so that if you are not experienced, you will not pass this process. So, uh, in keeping with that, what do you when you interview an intern candidate coming in from the ex phys department? What do you look for? What gets them canceled? What if gets they, them invited in? If I think I can put them in front of one of my paying uh, members and they can hold conversations and have a good personality I can train them mm -hmm. but I can't I can't teach somebody to have personality so if I wouldn't want them you know that's my money that's my livelihood yeah uh, if they're a, a you know have a bad personality and come off, across as a dick uh, they're not I'm not doing it right. I can't change that so well so and as long as they as long as they have a decent personality like I said their school hasn't prepped them for it so there's a good chance that uh, right. You're, you know, it's assumed they don't know what they're doing. They're going to pass. Yeah. Right. It's assumed they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I don't. But if, I'm not going to ask them what they do and don't know. They don't really know anything. And, and what they do know, I could care less. Right. Right. That has to all be 
retaught anyway. And in, in fact, at uh, the first hour of the seminar, when we talk about coaching, uh, as, as on Friday night at, uh, at 5.15, we start talking about coaching. And one of the first things we'll go ahead and, and get out on the table, this is not everybody can coach. Not everybody is a sufficiently talented communicator to be able to actually do this job. And uh, some people are, are great academically, some people are excellent at solving calculus problems, but not everybody just because you're intelligent doesn't necessarily mean that you can, you can communicate at the level necessary to get people to move the way you want them to move. And uh, uh, your process generates how many interns per semester, would you say? Uh, I mean, it comes and goes. Right now, I think we have uh, two, two. two running around. I don't know. This is the first time we've had multiple ones. Yeah, it's the first time we've had more than one. Usually, we just have one. Uh, and I'm not sure which one of these uh, guys, if they're interested in becoming starting strength coaches or not. Uh, I know that they're going to learn the process. So even if they don't and they run out of here, uh, they're going to they're going to understand the importance of strength. So I well, can guarantee if they work in a ex phys environment, if they're a strength coach, uh, once they have a handle and can actually program for themselves, and they're not just running a football coach's program that they're going to squat, press, and deadlift and, and get people stronger. So. Right. And that's terribly important because at least that part of their education has, uh, has been handed to them in spite of the fact that their formal program doesn't include it. Right. Oh, God. So, what are, so you, what are you doing in terms of outreach there? In so the how do we get out of there? Yeah. I, we, uh, so, like I said, everybody that walks in the door uh, – gets put on the program in some form or another uh, and it works so everybody that walks in our door is uh, convinced right so uh, this is not something that I have to convince them the program will convince you all I have to do is uh, get you under the bar and squat press and deadlift and within a week of uh, three sessions of that you're convinced uh, so who walks in my door has been critical. I mean, uh, we trained the uh, Baltimore SWAT team and how that came about was a guy walked in the door. Uh, he was uh, undercover in Baltimore uh, Police Department and he was going to go to SWAT training. So he asked me to train him and he came for to train CrossFit. And we put him on his basic linear progression. I think he had like nine or ten months before he went. And uh, he went from 185 pounds to probably 235 pounds, was squatting 500. Uh, we trimmed him down right before he left, probably 10 pounds or so. He's somewhere in the 230 range, I would guess, when he took off to SWAT school. And uh, he was honor graduate. Uh, so we planted a starting strength convert <laughs> in the police department. So he talks about it. At some point, he's in charge of training or in tar charge of PT, so uh, that's what we do. We go down there and train those guys. Uh, the school system was the same way. We had uh, the director of physio physical education walked in to, to do CrossFit, and we got her strong. Squats, presses, deadlifts. She's actually getting ready to do her first powerlifting meet, I think, this spring. But uh, uh, and, and had us start training teachers. So we do uh, teacher in-services a couple hours uh, every probably six months. And uh, we bring them in, teach them uh, how to squat, press, deadlift. 
we've done videos for them. Uh, they had a film crew come in and, and film us, and then they have it up on their website so teachers can actually, uh, PE teachers can, they're getting ready to teach the squat. They can go in there and show the students the video that we filmed. Um, they're actually talking about putting barcodes on the squat rack so that the kids can hit it with a phone and scan it and uh, watch the video of the squat while they're there at the gym so they can kind of learn uh, that way, which is pretty cool. So school systems, we do the uh, physical education every year. All the PE teachers get together in the state convention. We do that. We go and give them a, Eric did it this year for me. He went and gave a uh, hour-long uh, lecture and demonstration on starting strength. Uh, what else? Where else have we been? A couple counties. McDaniel, McDaniel College. College. Uh, yeah. Angie now is the, so my wife who also runs Westminster Strength. Another starting strength coach. Another starting strength coach. She's now the nutrition uh, professor at the local college. And uh, there's probably, uh, she had to turn it down this time, but she'll be in the future coaching weight training. I'm pretty certain she already got offered it, but we just had a baby. So she kind of had to turn that down. But uh, real soon, I'm guessing she'll be teaching starting strength at that college level. So, so I don't. Some of it's right place at the right time, but I, I don't really believe that. I believe that uh, because uh, you know we've all been through the process uh, that it works. That's it's the yeah. only thing that comes out of my mouth. When somebody new walks in my gym, that's what they're doing. No formal advertising either. Yeah, I don't really. So no TV or newspaper. No TV it's ads. It's all word of mouth. It's, it's absolutely all word of mouth. I don't know of a starting strength gym in the country certainly we have never gotten anything out of advertising uh, that actually uh, uses anything except the actual facts as advertising yeah uh, I mean I walk think through the door they have friends friends watch what happens friends want some they come I, in and I, get it. I, I think this industry is such a disaster that if you're if you or a starting strength coach, and you get one, you get one person to squat, press, and deadlift. And if they have spent any time in a commercial gym with a personal trainer or even a strength coach, even college athletes that are former college athletes, we train them, and they look at you like the entire life up to this point has been a lie. They can't believe what just happened. Yeah. It is. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You're absolutely right, Bo. This is uh, we work in a in a tiny little corner of an extremely screwed up industry. And uh, the only thing uh, that keeps me from just going into real estate, I guess, is, <laughs> is the fact that everybody that we, that we have any, any dealings with in terms of, of our program gets better for it. And uh, I mean, we've seen people's lives turn around. We've seen people with diabetes who don't have diabetes anymore. We've seen people who have been told they can't, that now can. And uh, over and over and over, just like, just this is your experience. And it is nothing more than this simple application of this stress recovery uh, adaptation model. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's so mind-numbingly simple yeah. that Complexity uh, is just so much more romantic, you know. Right. I, hey, when I, I when I first when I first started, I used to, I'm like, man, that rip is a grumpy bastard. And uh, then, I mean, <laughs> and I'm now a, I'm, you know why. I'm only you? six years into it. 
I've lost my patience. I get uh, very upset. So this shit yeah. drives me crazy. Yeah. You start to go crazy. 40 years, I'm going to be crazy. Yeah. Well, In 40 years, I will be crazy. You know, I've, instead of going out on the gym floor and, and dealing with people on a, on a daily basis anymore, I get to talk to you and Eric. <laughs> and it's, it's so much more, it's just infinitely more satisfying to do that. Now, I will tell you this. I've got a guy that, that plays in our band. He's a great trombone player. Older guy, about 69, and he's got the standard list of metabolic syndrome shit that, that modern medicine has handed him. You know, he's on about four different. He's all but taking insulin. Uh, we completed Wednesday night his sixth workout, his sixth workout. And he has gone in six workouts, and in fact, he got sick in the middle of this, so he was laid off a week. Uh, in six workouts... Uh, he's gone from uncontrolled morning blood sugars to 89. Oh, you look at that. In, in six workouts. Uh, his doctor, of course, will not understand any aspect of this. Nope. And, nope. Uh, yeah, it's, it, but it's, it is interesting. He's all happy now. And uh, you just kind of see that, that it's beginning to dawn on him that, in fact, he is in control. Right. And this is a very powerful thing to hand somebody. And uh, you guys are just doing a great job of this. And uh, I, would in, I would encourage anyone watching this podcast who is uh, on the fence about applying the starting strength model in a business environment to get a hold of Bo. I bet the man will talk to you on the phone. He hasn't got a lot of time. As you can see, he's rather busy. Uh, but I bet he'd talk to you, and I bet he'd offer some nice counsel about how to make this mind-numbingly simple model of stress recovery adaptation. You find out where the person is right now, and then you go up a little bit every time. Exercise variation is not the variable. Loading is the variable. It always works. It, it has no choice but to work. It works every single time it is applied. It is the only method that does work. Every single time, without exception, every single time it's applied. All of his members know this. Uh, the members of the community there in Western Maryland all know it, and uh, hopefully you know it too. Thanks to Bo and Eric for being on the podcast. Thanks for watching us today. We'll see you next time.